0: That passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 25 is another one of the stories that Jesus told. We're in our series, uh, Stories Jesus Told, and uh, we see there that that Jesus is telling this story about uh, the talents. And this is one of those parables that's pretty straightforward, right? The, The lesson or the moral or the purpose of the story is to tell us that if we take what God has given us and we use it for his benefit, if we use it for his glory, then it's all good. But if we don't, it's not so good. Look again at verse 30 and look at what it says. It says, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Anybody want to sign up for that this morning? No, that's not good. I know that whenever I hear a a message or a lesson on this particular parable, this story Jesus told, oftentimes the focus is on that third servant. It's on how bad he was and how we shouldn't be like that. We should learn from his mistakes and not do what he has done. And yet, today, I I want us to focus on those first two servants. I want us to take a a few minutes this morning and and look at what those first two servants did and, and some lessons that we can learn from them. And to do that this morning, I've asked a handful of people to come and to share their story, to share how God is telling their story and what's going on in their life and, and how things that are happening to them or around them are helping them use the gifts and talents that God has given them for his benefit and for his glory. Um, as we do that, there are some things I think we can learn from these two servants. I invite you to grab your bulletin. You can fill in these blanks as we go through and also take your own notes if anything that anyone says uh, strikes a chord with you. The first thing I want to suggest that we can learn is that these first two servants, they had a vision for the future. They saw something that could be, and they acted upon it. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, this morning Kim Kotner, who is going to share with us how the hospital training a portion of our pastoral care ministry has impacted her and how it has changed her view and her uh, view, vision of the future.
1: And as you may or may not be aware, you know, PCC is starting up the pastoral care hospital ministry team, and it's being led by Madeline Bob. I'll introduce the team later. Um, but we share two Saturdays of training. Uh, we went through hospital, uh, Robert Wood Johnson. We went through a tour. Uh, we were just given an abundant amount of information. It was quite overwhelming at times, and it just seemed, wow. Some things that may seem so obvious that just weren't or how we can use those tools to reach out to others, whether it be our family, friends, neighbors, um, anybody who needs it. it it's not an age defying thing. It's, it's everything. Um, and one of the moments was when we graduated. We were official. We got our badges. It was that moment that I felt God's presence, the excitement that made me want to learn more, do more. I want to reach out to Robert Wood Johnson, the chaplain there, Ted Taylor, who I want to know what classes are available for me that I can reach out for my future um, to help others' family. And ironically, when Madeline first mentioned the hospital ministry, God was tugging at my heart. Um, I was very hesitant because the sight of blood, just the sound of procedures and what's going on, I'd probably need that hospital bed. But it was through our tour at Robert Wood Johnson that God spoke very clearly to me and said, I'm in control. Do not be afraid that he's using me to help out and reach reach out to others and help. Uh, So I want to be obedient. I want to do God's work. And I know he's using me in a mighty way. And if I could just share one quick story. More recently, it's with my daughter who's feeling a little under the weather. God has used me to sit with her and listen compassionately to her. Give her relief of anxiety that she may be feeling, so I could sit there with her head on my lap to rub her hair, rub her back, so she can get a good night's sleep. These are the ways I'm feeling God uses me. It extends beyond that, but I, please talk to me at any point in time after this to discuss it. Um, so, what I'm asking is that our team, which is Madeline Bob, Rebecca Hubbard, Linda Crank, Sheila Free, uh, Fleischman, Trish White, if you are here, if you could stand so that we could, you can put a face to our team, that you can reach out to us to be there for you in a, as a compassionate visitor. Please use us in any way prior to the hospital, during the hospital visits, just to sit and listen. Thank you.
0: I would also like to uh, introduce uh, Jim Golis, who... Uh, out of uh, tragedy, and uh, a lot of faith in God has uh, seen a, a new vision uh, for what he and his wife, Jerry, um, are undertaking.
2: gives me a chance to hide behind something. Um, this is my testimonial, which is based on Scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. and I know a lot of you uh, know that Scripture, but I'll read it to you, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Um, I'm reading this because I don't want to leave out any any significant information, so it's important that I do read this. Um, The date was July 18th, 1998. This was the date that the world changed for uh, myself, my wife, and our other son, Jeremy. On this date, um, our other son, uh, Corey, and brother, was killed in a terrible accident on the last day of the seven-day Anchor House ride uh, ride for charity. Ironically, uh, Corey was raising money for this charity to help kids his age. Who would, who would have run away from home. After the tragedy, as you can imagine, our family received, received many wonderful cards and letters from family and friends. One phrase in these various letters stood out to me at the time. Again, the Jeremiah phrase, for I know I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. At the time of getting these letters, I thought, just, just what is all this about? This doesn't make any sense. What I didn't know was that the phrase would be life-changing. Corey, even though he was 15 at the time he died, uh, almost 16, was a firm believer in Christ. I was a believer but not engaged. Corey had a church he loved. I did not. July 18, 1998, changed all that. Soon thereafter, Jerry and myself, through a friend, found PCC, which is now our church home, and discovered all that is about this church, its wonderful people, and numerous missions, uh, the, the, and all the various uh, missions. God continued to guide and steer me as I continued to confirm my faith. Jerry and I took on leadership roles for running Mercer County uh, Chapter of Compassionate Friends as we continued our our grief. Compassionate Friends, by the way, is an international organization to support parents who have lost children. We ran a chapter for over five years. When Corey died, I had no idea this organization existed, much less that we'd be taking on leadership roles to help others in their time of need. Jesus continued to answer my prayers, steer me, and work with me. I was growing by the day. No, you are never too old to learn and serve, even at my age. No one laughed. Okay. Um, I'm a hands-on guy, and uh, a lot of people here within the church know that. Within PCC, he encouraged me to be, p- be a part of the Friday night small group uh, to take on leadership role in steering the unemployment support group. In um, my next development is part of the team to refresh our website to expand the role of PCEC in the community and of course kids camp um, believe me I would not be t- naturally taking on these roles I don't know if I'm doing things well but I am in the, in the game the relationships and friendships I've been blessed with are invaluable I know that I am serving God and others given Corey's strong Christian faith I have no doubt that he has some part of, the, of his plan that, and that the Lord has for me thank you so much for listening
0: it's not always easy when things come your way but what you do with them uh, makes a big difference. Those servants, they, they did that, uh, uh, that and they, they took advantage of the opportunity. And, and that's, that's the, the second thing that I wanna point out is that those first two servants, they seized the opportunity. They saw what was in front of them and they took it. Um, they, they were willing to do what it took to please their master. And that was their goal, to, to take advantage of that which was placed in their care and use it for his benefit and his glory. Um, I love how the text says they went at once. They didn't wait. They didn't evaluate it. They didn't try to come up with this big master scheme plan. They just went. They were obedient, and they went. And, and uh, I, I would like to introduce to you Nancy Pullen, who is the ministry leader of our outreach ministry, and uh, she's going to share with us how, as a church, and uh, how, as an individual, we can partner together with uh, another organization and somebody that you are familiar with probably and how we can make a difference to please our master and our our king.
3: Okay. Uh, Many of us got to know and appreciate an amazing young man, Jacob Buchholz. Uh, Jacob chose PCC to be his home church while he studied for two years at the Princeton Theological Seminary. And during his internship with us, we got to really get to love his sense of humor, his intelligence, his leadership, but most importantly, his heart for the Lord. You may recall a Sunday in May when he stood here and educated us about the needs for Christian education in the deaf community. He told us that globally only 1% of deaf people know the Lord only 3% in the US. So with the support of uh, his family, uh, he has a plan to work very closely with Deaf Church International. And to do that, he needs support. Um, I'm happy to say that the first step of his plan has happened, behind me you'll see a picture of Jacob on his ordination day on June 10th. He is now an ordained minister. And that's his mom next to him, who was also a minister. Um, so Jacob needs support to continue with his plan. And I'm very happy to tell you that Princeton Community Church will be uh, contributing $300 a month, uh, starting now, to support Jacob and his ministry. Uh, those of you who feel you would personally also like to support Jacob, Um, and haven't had the chance to do so yet, be it a one-time donation or monthly support, uh, there's still time to do that. You can see me and I'll give you the details or see Craig or a member of the leadership team. Twenty years ago, a group of pastors came here to central New Jersey to plant Princeton Community Church, and they did so with the support of churches and individuals all across the country. So it really feels good to have the opportunity to pay it forward. I
0: would like to also introduce uh, Sarah Pullen, who's going to talk for a moment about Kids Camp and how that has impacted her life and how she's seizing the opportunity now to serve in Kids Camp.
4: Many of you know me, but what you may not know is that I have been a member of this church since it first opened its doors. That was, um, I was five at the time, and I'm now 25, so you can do the math, <laughs> Um, Over that time, I have seen the evolution of many ministries, programs, and activities. But one that is very near and dear to my heart that I'd like to talk to you about today is Kids Camp. Kids Camp was not always in a building filled with hundreds of children, um, crazy animals back here, and singing, dancing mermaids. It started with a handful of kids in a park in Plainsboro, led by a group of teens from Ohio on a mission trip. Since then, I have watched it grow bigger and bigger each year into the crazy production that it is today. No matter how humble the beginnings, all of the children's programs here at PCC, Kids Camp in particular, have had a big impact on my life. I still remember songs about the fruits of the Spirit that I learned that first summer, as well as crafts we did and Bible stories that we listened to. It is without a doubt that Kids Camp played a huge role in my commitment to this church and in my commitment to God. No matter how menial it may seem, every opportunity you take to volunteer in church can make a difference. I'm sure that those teens from Ohio did not know that they would play such a big part in getting me excited about church and God. In turn, I'm thrilled to participate in Kids Camp again this year as a singing, dancing butterfly. So everyone should come out and check out Jungle Jam this summer.
0: That's going to be tough to follow, Bob, but uh, that's, what you, that's what you get to do. Um, sometimes things come along in life that cause us to uh, have to make changes mid-course, and uh, new opportunities and different challenges come our way, and I'd like to ask Bob to come and share how uh, his ministry focus is now changing.
5: Hi, yeah, um, Some of you uh, know me, some of you don't, but to uh, make a long story short, we, I lived in Florida for 30 years, and uh, my wife and I both lost our jobs, and after 30 years, that's kind of tough at our age. So the Lord blessed us in providing opportunities up here, but beyond that, he also blessed us with this church. This church has given me not only leadership qualities, roles, and um, opportunities to go to small groups and work with, you know, people there who are near and dear to my heart they're like brothers and sisters to me the next chapter of my life is what god's doing right now he uh, has provided an opportunity for me to start my own consulting business and firm i am a member of the leadership team uh regretfully because of this i'm going to have to step down only because i will serve him in in different areas and in different ways of my life Uh, i always put god first that's the main thing um Above and beyond that, where God's blessing me and my wife in this area, there was one thing missing in our life, and that was we have family all over the country, three areas of the country, California, Florida, and New Jersey area. Our daily prayer has been to how could we be with our family. Well, with this opportunity God has given me is I've actually landed accounts in California, Florida, and New Jersey. (laughs) So if that's not God, nothing is. So I, I just want to, again, thank Craig, the leadership team, great, godly men and women. Uh, thank them for what they have given me, what they have taught me. Uh, this is We're still going to be around for another year or so, in and out. Uh, but I just want to thank, take this opportunity just to thank PCC. Anytime that something new comes, it uh, has its own set of challenges and and
0: opportunities. And it causes us to have to figure out where we put our trust. And and that's the third thing that I want to point out that these two servants did. They trusted God with what was going on uh, in their life. Um, In the parable, it's uh, easy to see that God is represented by the master. And that the servants were striving to please the master. And they trusted the master with the results of what they did. Um, As a community of believers and as individuals, we have the opportunity to uh, put our trust and our faith and our hope in the Lord as well. And one of the great things is we get to see that happen on a regular basis. Um, So far this year, we've seen seven people come forward and uh, put their faith and trust in the Lord. They've made that good confession. They've stood before us as a a community of believers and said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then they've been obedient to him uh, through baptism by immersion. We've seen people who have, have said, you know, what I really need is prayer. And they've been obedient to the scripture in Ephesians chapter six, eighteen, which says, pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. And that's what we have done as a community of believers. We've prayed for individuals and for families. We've prayed for jobs and for places for people to live. Uh, we've prayed that hard hearts would be broken and that lives would be changed. We've prayed that, that families would be restored. We have prayed that, that people would just kind of wake up from what they were doing and get back in a right relationship with the Lord. And we pray those things knowing that we have this desire of if we were to paint the picture, what it would look like. And yet what's amazing is God oftentimes paints the picture differently, and it's always better. God always has a way of doing things in his timing and in his way that cause things to be better in it causes us to have to put our faith and our trust in him and, and while we know what we want to have happen we also know that we desire that his will is done in each and every situation and as a result uh, through these prayer requests and through praying we've had the opportunity to praise God together and to see God answer prayers and and to rejoice with one another and we, we've also seen where God has just done things different and and I I find myself going okay God you could really do that better you know? And if it were up to me, it would be different. And yet, in God's amazing timing and in God's amazing plan, He has a way of doing it and doing it so much better than we could. And, and we're simply called to put our trust in Him. Um, in an effort to encourage us in our prayers, to, to know how to pray, to know what to pray, to know when to pray, um, I've asked a couple different people to come and share what's going on with them. You've heard about uh, what's you know briefly about what's going on in their lives and, and we uh, have invited a couple people to give an update this morning i'm first going to ask uh, my wife michelle to share
6: okay um i guess you all know most of you know back in april i was diagnosed with breast cancer and um so began began the journey june 5th i um had a mastectomy and on july 16th i will start chemo and i'll go every couple of weeks until the end of october um I Have to say, not having family close or friends that I've known, you know, for years. My, you know, very best friend lives in Oklahoma. I wasn't sure how this would play out, but I have such a wonderful church family, and you have um, made me feel like family. I haven't even missed. I haven't missed my family, and I haven't missed um, my dear friend. I love her, and I know she'll be there in a second. But just having you all there's there's not a hole there. That's what I'm trying to say um, I feel very prayed for, very encouraged. I've gotten so many wonderful cards and notes and just, um, people that have come out that have talked to me and I met a very good friend Karen here that I didn't even know until, you know, that happened. And so, um, I just, I feel very blessed. I feel like I'm in a very good place and I'm really not worried. I'm really curious to see what God's going to do with this. And, um, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with my family and just with my church family. And I just know it's all in his hands. I have no control. So thank you for your prayers. And that's it. Thank you.
0: We received an update uh, a little over a month ago uh, from Heather Freeman. And uh, with some changes and things that have happened and uh, to help us know as a community of believers how to uh, pray more specifically for her, I've asked Heather to come and, and share this morning.
7: Hi everyone. Um, so most of you know I've been fighting stage 4 metastatic breast cancer and I had been on a trial chemotherapy drug that had some really amazing results to the point that I really thought that cancer was behind me, but um, at the end of March I was told that a little bit of cancer had come back and that I would need to switch that drug because it wasn't really had positive expectations. Every day when I took the pills I prayed and I believed that it would work. So this Monday I was quite surprised um, to be told that after my first scan, since I started the drug, um, that it was not sufficiently working. So um, right now I'm, I've been given the choice of, of two more drugs. Um, both are IV drugs. So tomorrow I'll have surgery to have a port implanted, which is kind of like an artificial vein because too delicate to, to handle chemotherapy. So I'm having surgery tomorrow, and so I just continue to have faith in God. I, I know he's in this. Like, obviously, it's not playing out the way I would have expected, but it's not my plan. It's his plan. So I think my job is just to continue to have faith, and I think for someone that, you know, has been diagnosed with having cancer in their lungs and liver and spine, um, I feel really good Spiritually and emotionally, but physically also. I feel totally normal. Like, the only way I know that anything's wrong with me is because doctors tell me that that there is. So, um, right now I'm seeking divine guidance. I need, they put this choice in my hands. I have to choose which chemo drug I'm going to try. So, and then I also am going to switch oncologists because um, I'm continuing to work full time. I just got a promotion going to New York City every week for this IV treatment, so um, I would really love if if you all could pray that my surgery goes smoothly tomorrow and that I pick the right drug and I pick the right oncologist and, of course, that, that God will heal me completely of cancer and I really believe that he will, and I'd love it to be something that is so obvious in him that it can glorify his name, so thank you for your prayers.
0: You know, in the scriptures, Jesus taught us how to pray. He, uh, he taught us a lot about life. He taught us how to love. Um, he also taught us a lot about death and uh, and how those things um, affect our lives as well. Uh, this morning, as we prepare to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made and as we move toward uh, communion and celebrating uh, remembering that sacrifice, uh, ask uh, Joel to come and uh, share some thoughts this morning.
8: I appreciate Jim Golis so much. One of the things uh, he didn't mention was from his son Corey, Corey's ride came out of that, which benefits uh, charity as well. And, and uh, it's been an honor to be able to be part of that the last few years for for Carol and I. Uh, some of you may recall that uh, early this year, Carol and I shared through video uh, an update about the battle uh, my son Josh was going through with uh, leukemia, and. I compared that to going through a hurricane. Well, Josh lost that battle and he passed away uh, in March. And like with any bad storm, uh, you kind of go through the wreckage and you assess the damage and you look and see what the loss was and you grieve. And uh, you pick up the pieces and you go on with your life. And if you have faith, you can also see that there were blessings through it that God was in it, and even that he was doing something beautiful. You know the weird thing is when I think about uh, think about it uh, i 'm so grateful for this past year uh, to have spent that time with Josh and to see uh, how he grew in maturity well beyond his years a maturity most of us don 't even attain to in our lives and, and I can only hope for to be able to reach. Uh, God's grace was on him and on us. Uh, he cared about people so much during his last, last year of his life. I saw how the cancer wreaked havoc on his body and how the treatment was often even worse uh, than the disease. And yet countless times uh, he expressed to me how he was concerned about how I was handling all of this. Um, I saw how, the, how his face uh, became uh, deformed as the leukemia became ever more aggressive the last several weeks of his life. And I remember through that talking to him about you, the people here at PCC, and he expressed concern about how um, the prayers you guys were offering doesn't seem to be answered, and he was concerned about how you guys would handle that. You know, this morning, when I think about Josh, it reminds me of Jesus, uh, who cares about us so much. Scourged, beaten beyond recognition, and nailed to the cross, yet he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Through the torture and the torment, uh, Jesus cared so much about the people around him. And the Bible says in Hebrews... That uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And Jesus knew that he was going to go back to the Father and the glory of heaven. Yet, I don't think that is the joy that the scriptures was talking about. Because if it were, there was no reason for Jesus to ever leave heaven in the first place. Instead, I believe that the joy set before him was in redeeming us. So that we could have fellowship and communion with him forever. And now Josh is enjoying just that. And we who know him uh, will do the same. And the amazing thing is that we don't have to wait till then, that we can have fellowship and communion, if you will, uh, right now. And then when the storm comes, we can see and experience his grace just as we have. You know, Josh didn't lose his battle. Jesus won the victory. And so let's reflect on this now as we partake in communion, commun- communion together with him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we praise you. Lord, we don't always know the answers why, but we know you are good and perfect. And we know that those loved ones we have lost, like my son Josh, are experiencing that joy and we thank you for that and that we will see him again Lord we thank you that we can experience you right now and have communion with you as we reflect on you and what your sacrifice has done for us and the victory that you won in Jesus name we pray Amen
9: Joel and I have been wanting to share some thoughts with you for quite a while so we're very appreciative of this opportunity. We are so grateful for the care and community that we have experienced at PCC. Jesus told us to bear one another's burdens and we have felt this firsthand. Thank you. We've learned many lessons in the past year but the one that I really want to focus on, interestingly enough, is trust. I grew up Visualizing God as watching me from heaven, waiting to catch me in a sin so that he could strike me with a lightning bolt. No joke, that was my vision. And I can't pinpoint exactly when that started to change, but my understanding of him is so completely different now. Through the years, I've learned to trust God in so many circumstances through a very difficult marriage to a volatile alcoholic, through years as a single working mom, with my practice, my children, my finances, and later my love life, my new role of stepmom, Josh's agonizing battle with cancer, and the added helplessness of seeing Joel walk through this. I would be lying if I said that trust in God came easily or happened all at once. Like any other relationship, my trust in him grew as he demonstrated his faithfulness, his love, and his grace to me over and over again. Some of you will remember my coat rack story. If you haven't heard it, I would be happy to tell it to you. Joel and I, okay, I don't have an answer as to why God gives coat racks and allows children to die. But I, we, continue to trust that there is a reason and that God remains as faithful and as trustworthy as ever. Joel and I recognize that everything we have, our home, our jobs, our money, Our children are from him and belong to him. I wish I could articulate the peace that we find in that. Day by day, we continue to put our cares and concerns in his hands and most often manage to leave them there. In the words of one of my favorite songs, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There are many ways that we can give back to God through our worship, our time, our bearing each other's burdens, and, of course, our finances. If you're visiting today, this is a time in our service when we take an offering, and please don't feel obligated to give. But if it's in your heart to give back to God in this way, then by all means do so. I'd like to pray. Father God, we love you so much. And we do know that all things are from you, and that you do have plans for us, and futures for us, and hope for us. And Lord, we just give back a small measure of what you've given to us, and ask that you would bless it and use it to your will, to advance your kingdom, in Jesus' name.
0: I think one of the biggest questions that we can ask ourselves, not only from this parable, the story Jesus told, but also from the testimonies we've heard here today, is... how how are we doing? Uh, How do we respond to what God has given us? Uh, What do we do with those things that God either puts specifically in our path or allows to happen uh, in our lives? Do we have a vision for the future of how God can work through them? Do we seize those opportunities and view them as such? Do we trust God more and more? Or do we do the opposite? Do we get bogged down? Do, Do we just lose hope? Do we try to do it all on our own? we are called to trust God. We're called to put our faith in Him. We're called to see that He has a plan for us that's greater than our own. And we want to challenge you to do that today. Uh, We, as a church, we exist to to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ as we go and love and teach, and as we do life together, as we share the burdens, as we share the joys of life. And we want to encourage you To participate not only with us, but with Him. Most importantly, with Him and what He wants to do with you and through your life. And maybe today you've never turned your life over to Him and it's time for you to to give your trust to Him for the first time. Maybe you've been walking away from Him doing it on your own. Maybe it's time to to get back walking with Him today. We extend to you an invitation. And and what's going to happen is is the band's going to lead us in in three or four more worship songs. And and I'm going to invite you to stand and If at any point during the rest of the songs, you want to talk to someone, well, there'll be counselors over by the cross. Maybe you need to come up to somebody that that shared this morning and just pray with them and encourage them, or maybe be encouraged by them. Whatever God is leading you to do this morning, we want to invite you and encourage you to do that. Maybe for you, you're going to sing a couple worship songs and you're so full that you've got to get out of here to go share it with somebody. Go. Go allow God to work through you in your life. Here this morning, this afternoon, each and every day of your life. That's what we desire for you, and we hope that you'll catch a vision of what God wants to do in your life as well. Stand with me. The band's going to lead us. The words will be on the screen. Let's worship Him together this morning.